Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to our Midweek Bible Study 2022 Winter and Spring Edition. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas, and it's awesome to be with you today. Thanks for taking time to join me. It's Wednesday, February 23rd, and if this is your first time joining us, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Today, we continue in our study in the book of Daniel, and we're going to talk about how believers must stand for God regardless of the potential costs. The text will be Daniel chapter 3, verses 14 to 26, and we'll get to all of that in just a minute, but before we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the amazing gift of your word. Thanks for the opportunity to study it together. Thanks for all that have come today. We just pray that you would open our hearts and minds to receive your truth in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Many students in the United States begin their school days by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Some states may also include a Pledge of Allegiance to their state flag as well. People declare their allegiance to many things, their jobs, their families, or their favorite sports teams. In just about every instance, people who express allegiance are pledging their loyalty to someone more powerful or something bigger than themselves. And that leads to our first question. What are some of the characteristics or traits of allegiance? I think some of the traits are first loyalty and faithfulness. They come to mind right away. Also things like duty, honor, dedication, obedience, and obligation as well. Question number two, in what ways do people show allegiance to a particular person or cause? I grew up in schools where we recited the Pledge of Allegiance each morning. By it, I was saying that I would be committed to the values of the United States of America. Another example is when I enlisted in the United States Air Force many years ago, I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Another example of allegiance is when my wife was naturalized. She swore an oath to follow the laws of our country. Still another example of allegiance is always defending your friend and looking out for his or her best interests. And I'm sure that you have lots of other examples as well. Ready to explore the text together? All right, get your Bible or Bible apps out and turn to Daniel chapter 3. And while you're doing that, let me share this. In this study, we're going to see how God protected those who demonstrated allegiance to him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faithful to God to the point of being willing to die in a fiery furnace. So here's the outline of how we'll be studying today. First, Daniel 3, verses 14 to 18. And we're titling that, Allegiance Declared. Then we'll look at verses 19 to 23. And we're calling that, Persecution Intensified. Finally, verses 24 to 26, God Honored. Let's get those Bible or Bible apps open, as I said, to Daniel 3. If you're already there, great. Look at verse 14. We're going to start with the first section, verses 14 to 18. So let's get going. We're talking about allegiance declared. Let me give you a little background as we enter into this. In Daniel 2, verses 1 through 3, King Nebuchadnezzar experienced a disturbing dream during the second year of his reign and summoned his leading officials to provide counsel. Then in verses 4 through 9, the officials asked the king to tell them the dream first. But the king told him they must either declare both the dream and its interpretation or face death. When they could not, the king became so angry, he ordered the execution of Babylon's wise men. You can find that in chapter 2, verses 10 to 13. 
Then in verses 14 through 16, when Daniel heard of the king's decree, he requested an appointment with the king. And in verses 17 and 18, Daniel and his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, also known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, prayed for God to reveal the dream and its interpretation to them. In verses 19 through 45, the Lord revealed the mystery to Daniel, who then came before Nebuchadnezzar and declared both the dream and its interpretation. Four earthly kingdoms would arise, but God would establish his own kingdom, a kingdom that would put an end to all these other kingdoms and last forever. Then in verses 46 to 49, Nebuchadnezzar bowed before Daniel, presented him with gifts, and promoted him along with his three friends. In Daniel 3 verse 1, we see that sometime later, Nebuchadnezzar established a large golden image on the plain of Dura near Babylon. Then in verses 2 through 7, he commanded his leaders to fall down and worship the golden image whenever they heard the sound of many musical instruments. If they did not, they would face death in a fiery furnace. And finally, in verses 8 through 12, right up to our text today, we see that at the time, certain Chaldean officials accused Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of insubordination and brought them before the king. Now let's read our text, starting with verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the golden statue I've set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. Here's our first question in this opening section. Look at verses 14 and 15 again. In these opening verses, why was King Nebuchadnezzar so upset at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Well, in short, because they refused to bow down to that golden image of the king. But I think there was more to it than that. The Babylonians worshipped hundreds of gods. So Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't have cared if these three men also worshipped the Lord. But refusing to bow to the golden image constituted public disobedience to his decree, which was a serious matter. And clearly, the king's pride took a big hit. And so he became incensed at their actions. And I think that was really underneath it all. Question two. Also in verse 15, the king posed a rhetorical question. He said, what God will be able to rescue you from my power? The question is, what was the king trying to do by saying this to those three men? I think he was trying to frighten them and actually frighten them into submission. That's a tactic that's still used today in our society. To submit to such a tactic would erase our testimony for God. We wouldn't be able to talk about the power of God as being above all other gods, not to mention violating God's command in Exodus 20, verse 3, which says, You shall have no other gods before me. Question 3. Considering verses 16 through 18, what was the basis of the three men's reply to the king? 
and how does that relate to us today? The basis of the three men's reply was their unswerving, unbending faith in the Lord. They trusted God regardless of the consequences. For us today, if God always rescued those who were true to him, Christians wouldn't need faith. Their religion would be a great insurance policy, and there would be lines and lines of selfish people just waiting to sign up. We should be faithful to serve God whether he intervenes on our behalf or not. Hebrews 11 verses 32 to 34 records other accounts of people who trusted in God and experienced great deliverance. However, in some circumstances, God chose to glorify himself through people's suffering and even death for the sake of his name. Hebrews 11, 35 to 40. We need to be ready to take our stand for God, whatever the cost, because our eternal reward is worth any suffering we may have to endure first. Number four, question. What are some of the most difficult consequences you or someone you know has faced for taking a stand for God? And how did God bring glory to himself in that situation? I have thought about this and thought about this, but I have not ever faced a situation where I had to truly take a stand for God in this way, nor do I know anyone else who has. Yes, I've read stories and I've read articles, seen things on TV, but I don't know anybody personally. And I mean, those are nothing short of incredible stories. They always give God the glory, no matter how bad the circumstances. If you've had to face consequences for taking a stand, I sure like to hear about that. Leave a comment here and tell us your story. We'd really like to be able to celebrate and honor God with you as you share that. That would be super. The next point in the outline is persecution intensified. Let's read Daniel 3 verses 19 to 23. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them in the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. So here's our first question. In verse 19, why did King Nebuchadnezzar get so angry at these three men? The king wasn't accustomed to people defying his orders, and he wouldn't tolerate it now. The men's disobedient reply had occurred before many witnesses. Consequently, the king had to respond strongly. Despite the men's faithful service to him, he probably intended his decree to strike fear into the hearts of those who heard, especially the three men. Number two, what happens when anger takes control of a person? You know, I think our attitude begins to change, doesn't it? We get so angry, our face can change, our whole physical stature can change, just like King Nebuchadnezzar's did. When we do something that offends non-Christians, their attitude towards us changes. Christians should be different. That's what we're called to be. And they should still love those who offend them, however. Question number three. In verse 22, the king was so angry he wanted these three men to die as quickly as possible for everybody to see. The question is, what was the result of his anger? 
you know, ironically, his urgent command resulted in the death of some of his best soldiers whom he had commissioned to carry out his command. And I think that's a lesson for us too, because the result of our anger can also be unintended consequences and we can harm people very deeply. Number four, why should believers not be surprised by the response of others when we express our faith and loyalty to Christ? Believers can expect non-believers to take extreme actions of persecution. Many in the world don't want to confront the reality of their sin. Consequently, they consider the gospel with its challenge to repent and place faith in Jesus a threat to the lifestyles that they've chosen. Christians may face persecution in various forms. Sometimes we may miss a promotion or even lose our job because of our stand for Christ. Former friends may choose to shun us and turn away from their relationship with us. In some countries, Christians face imprisonment and even death for their faith. They have to count the cost of following Christ at a level many don't have to face. We need to pray for the persecuted church worldwide. Jesus warned us persecution would come, John 16, 33. He even told his disciples the day would come when people who kill believers think they're doing service to God, John 16, 2. But we also remember that Jesus is with us in every situation to strengthen us for the action we must take, Matthew 28, 20 and Hebrews 13, 5. He'll provide the grace for us to honor him through our allegiance. Amen to that. Question five, how does the promised presence of God instill confidence in believers as they face challenges to their faith? Right away, I'm drawn to that scripture we just mentioned, John 16, 33, which says here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world, Jesus said. In other words, Jesus promised the disciples peace through their union with him. He would overcome the world by rising from the grave. And that is true for us today, for believers today. The world, as it says in that scripture, Satan's system that is opposed to God will give us many trials and sorrows. But Jesus has beaten Satan's system, won the victory and overcome the world. Despite the inevitable struggles we will face, we are never alone. Just as God the Father did not leave Jesus alone, Jesus does not abandon us to our struggles either. If we remember that the ultimate victory has already been won, we can claim the peace of Christ in the most troublesome times. That's such good news. Let's turn our attention now to the last part of our outline, which is God honored. And we'll read Daniel 3 verses 24 to 26. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. How awesome is that? Question one. Consider verses 24 and 25. Just go back and take a read of them again. Something supernatural happened to the three men thrown into the fire. What was it? 
And what else did the king notice? Moments after they were thrown into the raging fire, three men were unbound. In other words, all of the things that held them together, the ropes and so forth, were loosed. And they were unbound. They're walking around unharmed. But most astonishing of all, Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed, the fourth looks like a god. He saw someone else there walking with them. The king recognized Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but he also discerned that the one who accompanied them must be of heavenly origin and had come to deliver God's servants. Most scholars have suggested the fourth figure in the furnace was either an angel or Christ in pre-incarnate form. In either case, God sent a heavenly visitor to accompany these faithful men during a time of great trial. Question two. In verse 26, the king got up and went as close to the fire as possible. Why? Nebuchadnezzar came near because his heart was changed. That's something we can miss if we're not careful. Moments earlier, he had ordered three of his most trusted officials to their deaths. Now he saw them surviving the flames that had killed the soldiers that threw them in the furnace. Moments earlier, the king had expressed his outrage at these men. Now he addressed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as servants of the Most High God. Question three. Given the range of emotions expressed by the king and his declaration that these men were servants of the Most High God, what was the impact on the king? Here's a hint for you. Take a look at verses 28 and 29. Now, we haven't read those yet, but I'm going to read them with you right now. They say this. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. The impact of this is that the king was not making a commitment to serve the Hebrews' God alone. Instead, he was acknowledging that God is powerful and he commanded the people not to speak against God. Notice that the king did not tell the people to throw away all the other gods, but just add this one to the list. Now, the last question for today, what does all of this mean for us today? Sometimes, Life brings incredible challenges, and declaring our allegiance to God and his word can force us to confront great cost. The Bible assures us God will never forsake his children, and that he will always strengthen us for such moments as we trust him. At the same time, we have no guarantee he will intervene in our situations as he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Lord will choose the means through which we will honor him. Throughout the centuries, Christian martyrs have brought glory to God by laying down their lives for the sake of Christ. We know that if we ever face such a life or death decision, that we don't face it alone. God will be with us, just as he was with these three Hebrew men. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our study today. To recap, the theme for today's study was how believers must stand for God regardless of the potential costs. And through this study, we found that we can rest in the assurance 
that our God is able to save us and that whether he chooses to glorify himself through our deliverance or through our martyrdom, our allegiance to him brings ultimate victory and nothing can separate us from his saving love. Next week, we're going to be studying Daniel chapter 4, verses 28 to 37. I'd encourage you to read the verses in between to give yourself a little bit of background and lead up to this moment. And we're going to be talking about how believers must be careful to honor God in all things. Thanks for taking time to join us today. So appreciative you're here. Hope you have a wonderful and blessed rest of your week. We'll see you again next time. God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.